For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. That is a sweet jam though, man. Slick Rock, you really put something together. That's a good one. I hope people associate this show with that jam, or that jam with this show. Either way, I like it. Welcome to this show, everybody. Happy Thursday morning to you all. For five days now, the countdown is on until the start of the NBA season. I am Dan Bespris, and this is Fantasy NBA Today, a sports ethos presentation you can find me on the socials at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Please take a moment here at the front end to click the like button on the YouTubes, or if you're listening on a traditional podcast channel, please do step deep into the rabbit hole that is figuring out where you can leave a five-star review. And everybody, please subscribe as well. Fantasy NBA Today is a daily show. We run Monday through Friday during the season. I know we've got more stuff going right now during the run-up to the uh, NBA campaign, but uh, that is it's a little bit different. Um, at some point, we'll have to uh, go back to a uh, normal schedule. Right now, it's, it's all over the map. So today, I thought I'd do something a little bit different. Later on today, we have another mock show, uh, Breakdown with Dan Titus, but this morning... I thought we'd do something that I've never really done before, and that is drafting a team exclusively for fun. This team is not attempting to be the best at any one particular category. It's not a team that's supposed to be super balanced. This is a team that I think, if you drafted these players in each of the first 10 rounds, you would have probably the most excitement as you watch them roll throughout the season. It's a weird exercise, I know. A lot of these guys are dudes that I wouldn't actually put on my normal fantasy team because I think they're being slightly overdrafted. Some of them are actually players that I kind of like and also happen to be exciting. But we've done so many damn shows over the last month, month and a half that I thought this one would be kind of a fun one, especially because tomorrow, Friday, is going to be sort of the big one. The coup de grace, as it were. That is the Dan Vespers Old Man Squad episode where we're going through... The whole damn list from top to bottom. It'll probably be a long one. I'm going to try to keep analysis to a minimum on that show tomorrow. Uh, But today we have a little more time because I think this one will be in the kind of 30-some-odd minute range. If you're hanging out, if you're deciding you want to watch live with us at some point along the way, feel free to throw something in the chat room. I know a couple of you are there so far, but usually as the show goes, you kind of see folks begin to show up. Let's get things going. This is officially the Dan's... All fun team. Strange thing to say. I don't know if I've ever done it before. There it is. Dan's all fun team. First one on the board. First round pick. This one, you guys probably could put the pieces together, is Luka Doncic. Luka is unquestionably the most fun player to draft in the first round. 
if you're in a nine-cat league where you're not punting specifically free throws. Because turnovers, like, there are a bunch of guys in the first round that average three to four turnovers per game. Guys that are going in the first round that average three to four turnovers per game, Luka, Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, the list goes on and on. And so that's not really the problem with Luka. The problem is that not only do you have one category that's a negative, but kind of washes out with the other high turnover first rounders, you have a second one. He is the only player besides Giannis, he and Giannis are the only two players being drafted in the first round that have a negative impact of this magnitude in one category. The other one that's kind of an honorable mention is LaMelo Ball. We don't really know what the field goal percent is going to settle on because it was a little higher, then it was a little lower. It's possible that he kind of becomes the third. Every other player going in the first round, they have negatives, but they're not that big. They're medium at the largest. But overall, from a fun standpoint, it's hard to argue with a guy who averaged 32.4 points per game last year, 8.5 rebounds, 8 assists, 1.4 steals. Luka even got half a block last season, 2.83 pointers, and he actually shot 50% from the field, which is pretty good, but that's not a thing we're looking at in pure excitement mode. Luka's a guy who has the ball in his hands on almost every single possession, and I don't know that anybody would argue with me on, frankly, anyone else that could be the most exciting player in the first round. Nobody else does what he does in that combination of categories. And maybe we should stop and clarify what makes someone the most exciting player in a round. It's usually points league type value. It's usually guys that score, board, and assist. And Luka's got all of that in droves. In fact, as I look at some of the other players across the first round, I'm not sure that anyone quite rolls up the combination. And I get it. You know, it's harder to get assists than it is to get points. It's harder to get rebounds than it is points. So if you're just looking at sheer power of the impact in those three categories, I think Nikola Jokic still kind of wins the day a little bit. But if you're just adding them up, Luka's 32 plus 9 plus 8, basically. So we're going to go here. 49 combined is the most of anybody at all. Joel Embiid is pretty close because his scoring and rebounding are so high, but his assists are low. Jokic, the points are a little bit too low. So there's just no one in the first round that does more in points, boards, and assists. And that's why, in my eyes, he's the most exciting player going in the first round. The most exciting player going in the second round is Anthony Edwards. And he's a guy like Luka that you probably won't see on that many of my fantasy teams because you know me. I'm looking at old... I'm looking at boring. I'm looking at guys that are not going to hurt me in categories that a lot of people overlook. And Edwards, like Luka, has problems in the what you traditionally call the points league categories. Last year, he shot 46% on high volume from the field. That was a negative. 76% on medium volume at the free throw line. That was a negative. And had over three turnovers per game, which, again, we talk about guys going in the first round, that kind of coming out in the wash. As you get into the second, third, fourth rounds, those types of places, big turnover guys do start to hurt you because the other people going in those rounds, the players that your opponents might be drafting, are probably in the twos. That's where you start to fall behind a little bit. But with the expected step forward of Edwards, in whatever capacity you think it's going to be, 
Last year, he was at 24.6 points, 5.8 rebounds, 4.4 assists, 1.6 steals and 0.7 blocks, 2.7 three-pointers. All of that counting stuff is really excellent. You could see the points maybe take a small step forward. I don't know that boards and assists are going to change all that much because dude played 36 minutes per game last year. But this team does appear to be more and more his team in Minnesota. And so a little step forward. Who cares, honestly? If you're hunting for fun, he's going to be fun to watch because he can take over a basketball game. He's a wild man. Other kind of honorable mentions for the second round. Trey Young is pretty exciting, but we've sort of seen it, which I know is sort of a weird reason to say someone is no longer exciting, uh, and that's probably your other option in round number two. Round number three, Victor Wembanyama. Something changed on the board there. I don't know what... I Something switched. What did I What did I do? Why did the graphics switch up? Well, it doesn't matter. It still looks right. Uh, Victor Wembanyama in the third round um, is your all-fun player. He's right at the, technically by pre-rank. We're going on Yahoo's pre-rank board. He's right near the end at number 35, but his ADP is in the mid-20s. And after some of the games he put up during the preseason, he's, he's definitely going in the mid-20s to late-20s now. Um, do I need to give you guys a reason why this one's going to be fun? You get to watch one of the guys who will likely be among the finalists for Rookie of the Year. He's going to put up crazy numbers in scoring, boards, and blocked shots. We saw video of him uh, nutmegging someone. We saw him making a leaping no-look pass kind of behind him while falling out of bounds. He does all sorts of crazy things that a seven foot four dude should not be able to do, Problem is that there are going to be some growing pains. Field goal percent, I don't think, is going to be all that great. Uh, I think you're going to see him run out of gas at certain points. I think you're going to see turnovers pretty damn high for a center, power forward, whatever you want to call him, on a basketball team. And that's going to be the thing that weighs his overall value down. But it's not going to be a lack of fun. I can't stop you guys. And honestly, like, if someone drafts Victor in the third round, it's not going to be me, but I am going to be jealous. Because while I'm diving in and going, okay, who are the guys here? I can squeeze a little value out of this. Someone's going to take Wemby, and they're going to watch all of his games, and they're going to just be sitting there, like, rubbing their palms together with whatever wild thing he's about to do. Because he's going to have some absolutely eye-popping games this year of, you know, four, five, six blocks and mid-20s in points and nine rebounds and probably a steal mixed in because, like, his arms stretch from one uh end of the court to the other so how could you not get a steal it's going to be nuts in between the mistakes and the low efficiency days it's going to be crazy the run on victor is going to be nuts too after this this preseason push he's been on so your third round uh most fun option victor Wembanyama, and i don't think anybody's arguing with me on that one either folks picture this nightmare scenario you're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly the go-to app for drink delivery. 
With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. Fourth round, most fun option is Jordan Poole, who also has a low floor. And the thing about these exciting players is they're exciting because they are high upside, low floor guys. And Jordan Poole probably personifies that better than the first three things. Because, like, really, what is the floor for Luka Doncic? Something in the teens, where he basically always ends up year after year. He was number 16 last year, mostly because of free throws. What's the floor for Anthony Edwards? 40, where he was last year, mostly because of his percentages and turnovers. What's the floor for Wembenyama? Per game? It's pretty high, actually. I don't think his floor is all that low. Uh, even if the field goal percent isn't that great, he'll make up for it and other stuff. Um, but I, Jordan Poole is kind of your first very obvious could-the-bottom-fall-out kind of guy on this list. And the answer is yeah. But at the same time, we just saw him put up 40 in 27 minutes in their last game of the preseason yesterday on Wednesday night. Yeah. Dude put up 40, and it was pretty efficient, too. And so that's the thing with Jordan Poole. Like, we all saw what happened last year. He was in a Warriors situation where he wasn't getting along with his teammates. He scored 20 points per game. He got 15 and a half shots per night, so his usage was actually there. But the steals were kind of low, and more than anything else, the turnovers were high, and the field goal percent was a big-time negative for him. This year, a lot is riding on field goal percent. Because the expectation is that he's going to get 20 shots. And I think that's actually not that insane. And scoring 25 points per game is also not that insane for him this year. But how he gets there is critical. Because if you're in a a league where you are attacking field goal percent and you've got a guy taking 20 shots and shooting 43%, that is a huge negative impact on your club. There are guys that you can compare it to. I mean... LaMelo Ball's field goal percent last year is not that far off of that. He shot 41% on 20 shots per ball game. He got into the top 30, but he did it because he had 6.5 rebounds and 8.5 assists per ball game, as well as 1.6 defensive stats. Jordan Poole is not a big rebounder. He'll be fine in assists, but he's not going to be LaMelo Ball good. He doesn't get that many defensive stats. So, I mean, this is obviously the reason why LaMelo Ball is going at the end of the first round and Poole is going in the fourth, but that's... One of those things like what floats a guy? Ball's percentage, Ball's field goal percent was crap last year. By the way, Poole will shoot a better free throw number than Ball, so that's an area he has an advantage. But if you're trying to compare those two guys and say, hey, why is one dude this far above the other? Well, it's because if the rest of their stuff doesn't look all that different, the assists and the rebounds will, and the steals will. And that stuff matters. If you took the rebounds and the assists away from LaMelo Ball and you took the steals away from LaMelo Ball, you have Jordan Clarkson. I know people are like, is that really possible? Could someone tumble that far? Yeah. Clarkson scored 21 points a game last year. Two and a half three-pointers, so LaMelo had a little bit of an edge there. But four boards, four and a half assists, .7 combined defensive stats, decent free throw number, not great. 
and high volume 44% from the field. Where was Clarkson ranked last season? 184. Because you have to be good at more than two things. But if things break right for Jordan Poole in the sort of excitement factor thing we're talking about here, you get a game like last night where he scores 40 efficiently, bombs in five, six, seven, three-pointers, whatever it is, hits a ton of free throws, and then you've got three, four-ish things that are all pretty big positives. Let's keep moving. Fifth round all-fun team is Chet Holmgren. He's one of the all-fun players that I actually kind of like uh, just in general, which I know goes against all the tenets of the Dan Vespers old man squad, which I need a rebrand. I need a rebrand on, on that. We call it the old man squad because a lot of guys are veterans on that team, but it's not that everybody is 36, 37 years old. It's typically guys that are undervalued for some reason. Sometimes it's because it's a stat set that people don't realize equates to value. Sometimes it's because they've just been doing the same thing for five or six years in a row. I like Chet Holmgren, and he might end up on the Dan Vesper's old man squad. You'll just have to watch that show tomorrow to find out. The reason is he, like Wembenyama, like Jaron Jackson Jr., like Brooke Lopez, like Miles Turner, these are guys, these are bigs, who help you in percentages and get blocked shots. There's more that goes on. They can score a little bit. They can rebound a little bit. But at the end of the day, if you have a player who's good at blocking shots, good to great even, and a positive field goal percent guy, but not a hard negative in free throw percent, you have a big man who can rack up value and move up the board really, really fast. And Holmgren profiles as that fantasy stat set. He's sort of, oh, Christoph Porzingis also falls into that bucket. He's the next wave, part of this next wave of unicorn-esque basketball players where even a bad season for Chet, the floor is so incredibly high because he will have a decent field goal percent because he's giant and he's going to play near the rim. He has a good free throw percent because that's what he is. He can block shots because he's very tall and has shot blocking ability, and he'll get rebounds because he's going to be the biggest dude on the floor in a lot of ball games. Tallest, I should say, dude on the floor. I don't care that he's probably not going to score as much as people expect. He's probably more in the Brook Lopez range of 15, 16 points than he is in the JJJ of 19 or the Porzingis of 20-plus last year. That's fine. If Holmgren is Brook Lopez from last year, that was a top 25 guy per game. Will he get to two and a half blocks over an entire season? That's asking a lot of a young dude who uh, still has the um, spindly body of a podcast host. So, yeah, I think there'll be some breakdowns. He'll have to get some games off. He might not play in 70-some-odd games like some of these other players I've been discussing. But, again, like, I, I don't think there's... The floor is still high, and it'll be fun. That's the point. Sixth round, all-fun team. A fellow Thunder player in Jalen Williams. Sixth round was a hard one, by the way, to figure out who the fun player was. There aren't that many guys between 61 and 72 that are both fun and... It's like kind of useful. So like Paolo Boncaro could be fun, but I felt too gross throwing him in the mix because like someone that's might finish outside the top 150. Same thing with Josh Giddy. Um, it's just not, not as fun. 
Okay, so Paolo, I guess, is sort of your honorable mention. Points league fun. He's going to put up numbers, but he's going to get there in kind of a weird way. This, to me, was a hard round. So I went Jalen Williams because I think he's going to rack up a whole crap ton of peripheral stats. And I know that's not the most fun thing for people, but he's actually really good. And I'm hoping that this choice gets you guys to watch Jalen Williams. Can we just say that? I think he's going to have a really good fantasy season. And even if this round didn't have that many fun options, I think he's going to be a fun one because he'll help you win. Seventh round, Jalen Duran, who just moved up the Yahoo board. And we'll probably have to do a last show at some point here on the last Yahoo pre-rank board because they did just move some bodies around. Um, that might that might end up having to be over the weekend. Um uh, Jalen Duran, who I think is extraordinarily fun. And maybe I have a different definition of fun than the, than the next guy. But I find Jalen Duran fun because of what he does to other people on a basketball court when they collide with him. I find it hilarious. It's like watching a car collide with a scooter. Okay, that's, that's a little morbid. Um, let's assume there was no one on them. Okay, the car and the scooter are both being driven by by crash test dummies or uh, automated whatever. That's what Jalen Duran on a basketball court looks like. And he's still such a young dude. That's the part that really blows me away. This is like, I think last year he was one of the youngest players in the entire league. He's not even 20 yet. He'll be 21 month from yesterday. That dude was not barely 19 in his first NBA season, and he just, people just bounce off of him. He's listed as 6'11", 250, and it is just brick. I know we think of LeBron, we think of Zion, when we think of, like, the biggest, strongest dudes. Jalen Duran doesn't have that same husk to his core. He's, well, he's taller, uh, so that maybe that stretches him out a little bit. But he is, I think, one of the strongest players in the NBA. Like, he's never going to win a, like, pure, like, girth weight kind of rustling match with someone like a Steven Adams who's just bigger. But Jalen Duran has that type of strength, just sub that type of strength, and the athleticism of guys that leap out of the building, like the Mitchell Robinson type of leaping, but with strength. It's so, in my eyes, it's so fun to watch. I beg of you guys, please watch Jalen Duran, watch some Pistons games, and just watch what the people around him do when he goes up for a rebound. I feel like I'm watching a, like a synchronized swimming thing. Like the overhead view is all these bodies laying on top of Jalen Duran, and he just bursts through from the middle, and everybody else falls backwards in this delightful swimming... <laughs> uh, the And it, you know... Looks like a flower blooming kind of thing. That's what his strength does. Believe me, they're not trying to fall back. He just goes up, and they all go out. That, to me, is fun. It's a different kind of fun than Luca, where you're just watching somebody pour in points all over and over again. Eighth round, Jabari Smith Jr. Not a guy that I'm going to have on a ton of my fantasy teams, but a guy that I am interested in this year. Because I think, like, as the term sleeper goes... He probably falls into the could-be category. Let me explain myself, because he, he wasn't at all on my sleepers list, and he won't ever make my sleepers list for this year, because I think there's too large of a chance that it fails. But he is, if you're looking for guys that are going later, 
He's a whopper upside guy with devastating downside also. If you look at Jabari Smith Jr.'s stats from last year, over the second half of the season, that's where I really want to focus our time because he started to shoot the ball a little bit better. Um, you know, the first half of the season was a, a cluster mess. I think he was shooting like 38% after the first three months. But it got better as the season went on. Not to the point where he was blowing the roof off the building, but the last two months, he was sitting just outside the top 100, which, you know, you've heard me talk a lot about how closely ranked all the guys are between about pick 85 and about pick 115. Then there's kind of another drop-off after that. So he's in that mix, meaning, you know, three, four decent ball games, and he isn't 110, he's 90 instead. Over that stretch, it was 27 ball games he played final two months of the year. He played 33 and a half minutes, averaged almost 15 points, almost eight rebounds, 0.6 steals, about a block. He hit one and a half three-pointers, and he did it on 44% shooting from the field and 79 at the free throw line. And this is a guy that we actually know can shoot a little bit, and it just wasn't really clicking. Final one month of the season. Let's go even tighter to the end of the year. 34 minutes per game. That number continuing to rise. 15 and a half points. Basically the same usage. Still eight rebounds. 1.7 defensive stats instead of 1.5, probably because he just played a little bit more. 46% from the field. If that Jabari Smith carries over into this year, or potentially steps a tiny bit farther forward, maybe 46 becomes 47. Maybe the 78, 79% free throw becomes 80 or 81. Those are the little things that you look for. Could 1.43s become 1.6, 1.7? Could the efficiency boost his scoring from 15.5 to 16.5? So what does that mean? What if he became 16.5, 1.73s, you know, 1.8 defensive stats, 47 and 80 splits? Then he gets up into the 60s. So these are these little things you're looking for. And now a guy going near 100... Could he end up in the 50s and 60s? Outside shot. Will it be fun to watch and see? Yes. So that's why he makes the all-fun board, even if, again, he's probably not one of the ones that ends up on my team. By the way, at the end of this show, I'll tell you which of these 10 guys we're going over are ones that could end up on my team. You probably figured it out already, but whatever. We'll do a little bit of a summary. Number nine is Scoot. This was an easy call. Um, the all-fun team has to have... Maybe the most exciting rookie, which is weird to say when you've got Wembenyama and Chet Holmgren in the mix, but just from a, there's something about watching shooting guard, small forward size players on a basketball court. They, the mixture of speed, of athleticism, of shooting, of passing, of just having the ball in their hand and operating at that high octane, Scoot is that guy. From this draft class, at the very least. Because Chet and Wembenyama, yeah, they're going to be unbelievably exciting. They're going to put up these crazy numbers. You're going to see highlights here and there. But Scoot's going to be the guy that it could happen on every possession. Because as the year goes, he's going to become more and more the guy in Portland. Will the beginning of the year be difficult from a fantasy standpoint? I think that's a pretty easy yes. But as the season goes on, he'll get better. And it'll be fun the whole way through. Because he's young, and he's really, really good, and he's going to get even better. 
And the 10th and final name on the list is Keegan Murray, who uh, got moved up today, by the way, in the last Yahoo board rearrangement. He was going in the 130s. They bumped him now into the 1-teens. And in my eyes, he was uh, the most exciting player between 108 and 120, mostly because the other guys in that mix are not all that exciting. Um, And I don't honestly, you know, I don't know that Keegan is going to be super exciting to watch. Like, he's still going to be more of a cog for Sacramento, but him taking a step forward is going to be good for him, and I think people are going to feel good about themselves that they got on him at the right time. Because last season it was too soon, and this year there's a chance to take a step forward. So you'll get a little bit more of everything as he continues to grow confidence in his the rest of his offensive game. I know he's been doing some big stuff in the preseason. I do think a lot of that shine comes off because in the regular season things are going to be a bit more fluid. The main guys are going to be there. He's going to be as part of that starting unit as opposed to sort of like feature guy uh but i do think he's gonna have a good year and i think of the guys going between 109 i should say and 120 he should be the most fun in there honorable mentions in that uh realm would be trey murphy the third uh but you'd have to stash him there and i don't know that that would be all that fun honorable mention in the previous round if you weren't going to go scoot um would have probably been austin reeves as an interesting play there, um, Zach Collins, Jaden McDaniels, also kind of fun players in that mix. And uh, that's probably your top 10. Now, in terms of guys that could end up on my fantasy team, I think this is where things sort of diverge a little. Dan building the all-fun team versus the who can be fun and a guy that's a decent draft day value. Uh, you're probably looking at Chet Holmgren in the fifth as fun and value. Jalen Williams in the sixth as fun and value. Jalen Duran in the seventh as fun and value. And Keegan Murray in the tenth as both fun and value on this list of the Dan's all-fun team. Weird little exercise today, I know. Not list of guys that I'm necessarily going to draft, but if you wanted to have a team where you looked at it at the end and you were like, hell yeah, that's going to be a fun one to watch, I think this would be that particular team. Folks, please do remember to like, subscribe, rate, and review. Find me on social media. I repeat it over and over and over again. It's so critical to everything we're doing here. At Dan Bespris on Twitter. And use promo code ETHOS20 over at Manscaped.com to get 20% off your order and free shipping on the brand new futuristic freaking lawnmower 5.0. Waiting for mine to come in the mail. I'm so excited to use it, and I'm going to use it on air, so get ready for that. Um, that'll probably be once the season starts. Tomorrow, maybe I'll shave my face right in the middle of the Dan Vespers Old Man Squad. What does an old man do? An old man shaves. I'm a disgusting lout, I know. Also, make sure to pick up a fantasy pass over at sportsethos.com, complete with the brand-new draft tracker tool. Not hooked up to an internet connection, so you can use that no matter where you are, honestly. If you uh, are having issues, you know, you can draft on your phone. You can use the tracker on the computer. It's really cool to have. There are workarounds. People were asking if you need Excel, and the answer is no. It's easiest if you have Microsoft Excel, uh, but Andre on our staff can help you with workarounds if that's not for, uh, functioning well on your computer. Also, novices, intermediate players, experts alike, grab the Brewski 150. That's available in all bundles and subscriptions that include the NBA Fantasy Pass over at Sports Ethos. And for a limited time, you can upgrade and get NFL and baseball coverage as well. That's in the all sport. That's just $8 a month, only two bucks more than getting the NBA Fantasy Pass by itself. 
we'll have so much more to come here. I know not that many days left before the season starts, but a lot left on the docket. The old man squad coming up on tomorrow's show is probably the one I am most excited about. We'll do one last Yahoo board redux, and uh, we'll break down some real drafts because I've got one coming up in a couple of hours today. I've got, I think, four or five over the weekend, and then one or two more on Monday before the season kicks off on Tuesday night. I am, uh, once again, Dan Vespers for Fantasy NBA Today, a sports ethos presentation. Thanks for hanging out. We built something fun today. I'll talk to you later. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.